Elizabeth, and you're listening to Liquid Sunshine with my main man, Martin Blot. He plays the best funk, the best disco, the best boogaloo and beats. You know, all the good stuff. All the good stuff. Hello Groovers, welcome to Liquid Sunshine, you're with me Martin Flots on the Face Radio, the soul of Brooklyn. Thank you for joining me for another show with the best deep funk, rare groove, disco and beats, yes, all the good stuff indeed. And you'll be surprised to hear that this week we've got another super special show for you like well every show every show indeed um i've got a little bit of a triptych for you yes part one of three shows where we're going to dive into australian funk and disco and i hear you ask what australian funk and disco is that such a thing there's more than acdc and pub rock coming out of australia yes there is there's some blindingly good music, uh, uh, blindingly good disco and funk music coming out of Australia. And I'm going to show you that. We're going to start off part one with uh, where we're going to look at the history and, um, and a bit of old school tunes of Australian funk and disco. And we're doing that with the fantastic Mark Egan, DJ Kinetic who has got a wonderful, wonderful deep knowledge of Australian funk and disco and what was happening in the 1970s. So going to play a couple of tunes and then we're heading off into a interview with Mark. And uh, it's fantastic to have him on the show as well. He is uh, such a font of knowledge. It was a delight to interview him. And after the interview, yes, there's a specially curated set of songs with all, well, more old school Australian funk and disco. So we're going to start off with Billy Thorpe's version of Back on the Street again. It is, well, a kicker. Sit back, jump up, and get ready. Thank you. 
studio is uh, Mark Egan, better known as DJ Kinetic, uh, and also uh, known as uh, uh, the person who writes the Aussie Funk blog. Uh, hello, Mark. Hello, Martin. Um, uh, welcome to uh, the Liquid Sunshine. Um, it's fantastic uh, to have you here in the Liquid Sunshine discotheque to talk about, well, Australian funk and disco, uh, because there is quite a little, uh, quite a lot of Australian funk and disco, isn't there? There definitely is. There yeah. definitely is. Yeah. Now, but before we dive into that, um, uh, just by way of background uh, and for the listeners, um, who is DJ Kinetic? <laughs> well, um, I. I I originally grew up in the Blue Mountains. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, in my teenage years, I was into rap music um, while every other kid there, I think, was into grunge. And so my interest in soul and funk developed through my interest in what the building blocks were for rap and hip-hop music. And from there, I started to fancy myself as a 
as a bit of a DJ and I started to investigate the art of DJing as well as the, I guess, vinyl culture. And so I started buying records in my early 20s, um, got a set of turntables for my 21st birthday party and then I started playing gigs around the place and eventually started to play in clubs and bars around Sydney and I've, I've been doing that pretty much ever since. Yeah, and you still DJ around quite a lot too, don't you? I certainly do. I'm DJing tonight. DJ, I DJ most weekends, yeah. usually around the inner west of Sydney. Yeah, yeah. And so you're a DJ. Um, you've um, uh, you've been a radio presenter for quite some time too. Yes, yes. I've had an illustrious career at 2SER on the program When the Levy Breaks yeah. that Peter Pascal and I um, started originally um, several years ago now. I used to guest on his program um, uh, which was called All Funked Up, I think. And I've, I've guested also on, on Trevor Parkey's radio show, which is um, called Flight, uh, Flight Departure. Yeah. And, and, and as a by the by, um, uh, we're doing a recording this interview now, in fact, at the studios of 2SER in Sydney. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, but in addition to uh, DJing, being a radio presenter, uh, you have also written this magnificent blog about Australian funk and disco. How did that come about? Uh, it was it was just my desire to get the message out there and, and to do something with the records that I started to collect uh, in that genre. As I, as I became fascinated with all the local soul and funk that we had in our backyard, uh, I wanted to make a resource. I wanted to present it to the world, really. And I, you know, I think I've done okay doing that. I, I still get emails from people all, all over the place yeah. asking me for particular records that, that are on the blog. But it just it developed out of my desire to write about that music and to present it to people anew. And I think, you know, a lot of time has passed since I started writing that. A lot of that music is starting to be reissued and, and reappreciated. But you know, for a long while, it was it was a pretty good and maybe one of the only resources uh, to investigate that type of music online. Mm-hmm. Well, um, uh, without much further ado, let's let's play some music first before we go into, uh, uh, into uh, diving a bit deeper into uh, uh, Australian funk. I started a show a few years ago now at 2SER called When the Levy Breaks yeah. with uh, Peter Pascal. Yeah. And it's probably useful to mention Peter because Peter was a huge influence on my interest in Australian jazz and funk music because he put out these compilations called uh, Respect Overdue mm-hmm. and there was a series of three of them and they were pretty formative because it was really coming across one of those CDs in a, in a uni friend's collection years ago that made me realise there was a heap of undiscovered Australian music of the funk variety out there. Yeah, And so really the journey began with me looking at this compilation CD and trying to find the records on that CD yeah, yeah. because I'd, I'd never heard of most of them. The most familiar to me at the time was Judy Bailey because I think overseas and in Australia, for, to the casual record collector, she was probably a name of someone that had become familiar because she was so popular overseas with overseas jazz collectors. But um, there was lots of stuff on that on that CD that really started to spark my interest and it was pretty soon after that I realised that that was really just scratching the surface. Yeah. Um, uh, that's quite right, and uh, as we've just been talking about um, uh, the music as well, there's uh, there is just so much in, undiscovered stuff out there, and not well known because it's it's always stayed within this well within the island of Australia, I imagine. Yeah, look, it's funny you say that because there is there was sort of a move, I think, particularly from British and Japanese collectors, it seems. Um, to sort of mine the stuff in Australia that was at the time unappreciated. Some of the early compilations or the earliest compilation heading in the right direction put out on the Love and Hate label, I think was involved an English guy but also some local guys 
um, really looking for rare and obscure Australian jazz and funk um, around the sort of acid jazz era. I think it yeah. came out in '94 and '95. Yeah. So that was quite early in the in the in the history of Australian sort of record collecting um, of funk and soul. But um, that compilation, I think, sparked a lot of interest overseas. But still, there was not a lot of people in Australia mining for this stuff um, significantly, and it really was still very unknown music. Well, and the interesting thing about uh, about Australian and the history of Australian funk and disco, of course, is is that um, if you look at particularly Melbourne now, but also the rest of Australia, Melbourne um, has got this really vibrant funk and soul and disco scene. Melbourne's um, amazing. At the and Melbourne is amazing, and it's it's it continued to grow as well. But it it's not coming out of nothing. Uh, it it it's something that has developed over many decades before. But a lot of people seem to. Uh, have forgotten about those decades before uh, before the recent couple of decades of, of soul and funk in Melbourne. Yes, Melbourne's a great example. And uh, you, you can't really beat Melbourne. Uh, you haven't been able to beat Melbourne for the last decade, probably, in terms of Australian production of soul and funk. But the thing with Melbourne is a couple of, you know, the big players like Lance Ferguson, you know, the head guy of the Bamboos, and I think yeah. he was in Cooking, um, Cooking on Three Burners as well at some point. Um, Lance has really champion that music in a couple of ways like he did a few albums with his bamboos offshoots that were actually covers of obscure australian soul and funk um tunes um that he put out on the freestyle label but also he's covered um classic funk and soul tunes of australian heritage on, on his on his own bamboos label um and he's just started a reissue label in fact um where he's put out cole nolan's soul syndicate album whatever it's worth yeah uh, which is great you know i think it's it really speaks to his appreciation of that music and just to Melbourne really being probably the, you know, the um, the centre of development of that type of music at the moment. That's correct, yeah. And and it's nice to see um, how it is developing uh, and it's nice to see how we uh, you can put it in a historical context as well. So maybe we should start with uh, with some music. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, to, <laughs> to, to get in the mood, so to say. Um, I uh, uh, it may be it may be worth looking at some um, uh, uh, some artists that are known overseas as well, like Renee Geyer or uh, Marsha Hines. Uh, what, what would you recommend? Let's let's listen to Marsha Hines' Big Northern Soul tune. You got to let go.
was an amazing tune. Uh, for me, it's it's one of the quintessential Australian funk tunes. What um, uh, what Australian funk uh, meant? Um, uh, I uh, uh, the Marsha Hines that I knew at that time was only later on in a career, which was you know um, all right, but not great. Mm. But this tune is just something. It shines. It sparkles. It's absolutely beautiful. Oh, it's an amazing song. And, and, I mean, the big, the history of the song sort of in the UK Northern Soul scene is that, you know, UK DJs discovered it and, like, the value of that record is ascribed to both its rarity and, and how, just how good it is. And it's one of those great soul tracks that really works in a Northern Soul context, really works as a DJ even if you're playing sort of funky stuff um, and has just has maintained its popularity since, you know, being discovered in that scene. And it's so hard to find, you know, on the 7-inch on the single. But as we were talking about before, like you can, you can still find the album for a dollar if you if you just want the song. And that's correct. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a great. It's a yeah, great yeah, album. yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I've got uh, probably two copies of the, of the album, both picked up for a dollar, maybe two dollars, but a very little value <laughs> indeed. Uh. Yes. And it's um, uh, 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 some of the pressings actually uh, differ a little bit in quality as well. I'm not certain whether that has got anything to do with the value of the seven inch, but um, uh, I've noticed differences in quality of, of pressings. Yeah, it's interesting actually because the seven inch um, was only released in Australia and of all places, Italy. There's there's an Italian. Um, Picture, picture sleeve issue of the single and there's also also a promo copy which has Abba Fernando on the, the A side wow. and Marsha Hines on the B side which is just a strange combination of um It's of, a of remarkable songs. combination yeah. <laughs> so when when was this release? Was it about 74 or so? I think it's 75, 75 or 76 I think the yeah. album came out um, I could be wrong, actually. Maybe now that you're saying this, I, I'm, I'm suddenly worried that it is actually 1974. Um, but it's a mid-70s yeah. mid soul yeah. tune. Uh, and so it's, it's a good example of how Australian jazz and funk and soul all developed in parallel with, uh, with the rest of the world. Yes. I mean, Marsha, of course, wasn't actually, I don't think, born in Australia. I think she actually came from overseas. As he did indeed, yeah. Yes. So, I mean, one of the big influences of Australian soul and funk is, in fact, overseas artists coming to Australia and either recording or having an influence on recording and album releases during that time. Yeah. Yeah, and and another good example of that is uh, Jackie Ozeski, of course, who we uh, who we may play later on as well. Yes, Jackie's a great example, and yeah. it was one of the probably one of the first artists that I really started um, being into uh, as an Australian soul and funk yeah. collector and looking looking for what was good out there. That that Jackie Ozeski album is amazing. Yeah, yeah, uh, and he's originally, I think, Hungarian. Yes, uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, so maybe let's let's uh, play another track. Um, how about the Rene Gaia uh, track? Just to stick with tunes that may be known overseas, since we're you know educating listeners uh, outside Australia about Australia uh, soul and funk.
What a cracking end there. <laughs> that's, that's a great track too. Renee Geyer, is, is, she's pretty funky. She's very funky. She's done She's done so many great tracks um, across her first five or six albums, really. Um, I think her first one was from 72, 73. And that song, um, the Buddy Miles cover, of course, of Them Changes, was from her first album, I Really, Really Love You. Um, but she's done lots of stuff. One interesting thing she's done is the al- an album before she went solo by a group called Sun. That album is like it's impossible to find. Yeah. Like that's going to cost you about $1,000 if you come across yeah. a copy. <laughs> but it's more like progressive rock than um, than funk. But she's done lots of great songs. Probably the biggest song she did um, in terms of soul and funk would be the, the song Be There in the Morning. Yeah. And um, as I, we were talking before, um, there's actually two versions of that song. One was recorded in 1976 in Australia and only released on a single, whereas she went to um, LA uh, and recorded with Frank Wilson the year after, releasing her Moving On album, and she re-recorded the song in 1977, and that's the version which is very upbeat and funky and probably yeah. probably fairly well known to people in America yeah. and Australia at the moment. I believe uh, the Athens of the North label uh, has re-released both of the versions on, on one 7-inch. Yes, they have. That's probably the most accessible way to get that, that those two versions uh, in one place at the moment. But I think even that has sold out and is, is reasonably yes. collectible these days because yeah. they're both such great versions. Yeah. Uh, but there's always discogs for those kind of uh, things, of course. <laughs> there is yeah. always discogs. But, uh, but another way of, of getting that track, of course, is uh, going to a compilation that you worked on, uh, Back on the Streets again? Yes, the Back on the Streets comp. Um, I was very um, honoured to work with Peter Pascal of, of Creative Vibes fame uh, on that compilation. Peter had access, got access to the festival catalogue. Yeah. And so we mined that catalogue for all the songs that we thought were And, and Festival is a, a, an Australian label. Yes, sorry, Festival Records, um, a, lo- a long-standing Australian record label that put out countless classic songs across all genres. 
Um, so we got access to that catalogue and released that compilation a few years ago now. But there's two funny things about the comp. Um, one is that uh, we put the wrong version of the Delvanius, um, Delvanius song, Voodoo, uh, Voodoo Lady. We put the single version instead of the 12-inch version. And also we put the, we put the slower 1976 version of Rene Gia's Be There in the Morning as well when we, the intention was to put the 1977 <laughs> upbeat funky version. Yeah. Uh, the, the trials of putting out compilations and working with people in record labels that <laughs> don't necessarily know the music. Um, now, the Rene Gaia track that we just played, um, when was that released? Was that also mid-70s? Around I think that, that was early 70s. I think 73, um, the I Really, Really Love You album came out. And yeah. That song was lifted from that album. Yeah. Um, it's. Uh, I, I find it mind-blowing to dive into these old Australian funk tracks and and hear how incredibly funky and dancey they are. Yes, um, they they you know they they keep up with the best uh, in that respect. They absolutely do. Now, um, whilst the track was playing, we also uh, uh, were chatting a little bit um, about the uh, uh, outside influences on Australian funk. Uh, one of them, Jackie Ozaski. Yes, Jackie Ozaski. Um, Jackie Ozaski was on the, the first Creative Vibes uh, compilation, Respect Over Jew, and that's how I came across that song um, the first time. And when I spoke to my friend who, who lent me this CD years ago at university, he mentioned that Jackie Ozaski still played around Sydney. And so I think the, week, the next week we went down to the Rose in Erskineville and we saw Jackie Ozaski on a Tuesday night. Yeah. Since he'd held a residency there um, playing Tuesday nights for years and the, and the pub was packed to the brim like it was the Friday night, you know, some overseas artist had come. But it was, you know, this was just his regular mm. gig that he did and it was just phenomenal. The thing I remember most about it is that um, when they finished one song, this this guy who looked like he might be a bit intoxicated just sort of walked out of the crowd, uh, walked up to the microphone and pulled out this harmonica from his top pocket and just started playing this blistering harmonica solo and then Jackie and his band just followed suit and it was just like it was just this <laughs> unexpected moment in the, in the gig. So, so good, such a good experience and it wasn't long after that that I managed to find Jackie Ozaski's album, uh, Bar- Barumiata, yeah. I think is how you say it, it's a hard album name to say. But Jackie, yeah, had a huge influence. I mean, he played around Sydney a lot, um, was really well known for that up until his um, fortunate passing mm. back in the, the, the sort of the mid-2000s, I think. Um, yeah, a great artist. Yeah, he played with a band Jet, Bo- Jet Boot Jack as well, I believe. Yes, that was that was his band. I think in the late seventies or the early eighties. Yeah. But before that, he was in the Hungarian pro- progressive rock band Sirius. Yeah. And so they actually recorded an album in Melbourne before Jackie's solo album, which is a phenomenal album. It's just it's self-titled, and so this silver cover with Sirius on the front. Uh, and again, it's amazingly hard to find, but j- just such a fantastic piece of musicianship. Yeah. Uh, and, and one of the reasons to talk about uh, Jackie Ozeski, of course, is as well, um, uh, a little while ago on Liquid Sunshine, we interviewed uh, Mios Bus- uh, Bukowski for International Jazz Day. And Mios uh, played with Jackie Ozeski as well. So it's all those lines in Australia, that's, uh, all those connections that run together. Yes, I mean, part of it is because Australia is this big island, isolated. Yeah. <laughs> I think all the musicians are, for want of a better term, you know, stranded here, and yeah. so they they end up there ends up being a lot of cross pollination. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's uh, let's play a Jackie Ozeski track. Fantastic. This is friend of Mrs. S.
Yeah, we played uh, a pink steamroller there uh, from the live organization as well, which we played uh, during the interview with uh, Miros Bukowski as well. Um, and uh, you had been looking for that single for quite some time, I believe, Mike. Oh, yes, Martin. Um, the pink steamroller was probably the first Australian funk single that I had heard about and then and then listened to and spent a relentless amount of time um, just searching for it because it's it's really, really quite hard to find. Back then, you know, there was limited information about it even existing on the internet. Um, it wasn't for probably five or six years later that Peter Pascal reissued it on Respect Over Jew Volume 3, his compilation series. Yeah. But it just it just took a long time to find that single. I ended up buying it, I think, originally from Revolve Records in Erskineville. Um, that was the first time I managed to get a hold of it. But I've got I've found a couple of copies since then, but it's it remains a very, very rare single. And, you know, it's it's hopelessly obscure and hard to find information about it up until relatively recently. But props to um, another 2SER presenter, Paris mm. Groove Scooter, for his recent reissuing of that single on 7-inch. That's correct, yeah. Um, uh, quite re- last year, I believe, as well. That's that's yes. how I got hold of it. I haven't got an uh, original copy. <laughs> I just got a re- reissue. But it's No shame, Martin, no shame. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I, I, we were talking earlier as well between the interaction between collecting music and playing music. And, and um, I really like digging up uh, unknown uh, stuff. Um, I like looking for it, but I don't consider myself a collector. Um, I like playing music and sharing sharing the music with other people uh, as well, and the background to the music in that respect. Yeah, look, uh, I was as I was saying to you. I mean, to my DJ friends, they sort of look at me as a collector because I think they think I spend too much money on vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> and to my uh, collector friends, I'm a DJ because you know I, I take these rare records and, and take them out, you know, into the dirty world yeah, yeah. <laughs> away from their, <laughs> um, away from my high, high fidelity um, sound system. Yeah. So it's a funny, it's a funny thing. But yeah, look, it's the hunt for, you know, interesting music is a, it's a, you know, it becomes an obsession at some point. And um, it's, it's fun to, it's fun to look for stuff. You know, the Aussie funk blog that I started several years ago now was just a way for me to, you know, I think document music that I thought people should hear. And also just, I guess, you know, have fun talking about it. Do something with with that music. Yeah. Put it out to the world. And do something with the knowledge about it as well. So for the listeners, um, uh, Mike's got the uh, Aussie Funk blog. It's www.aussiefunk.com.au. Uh, .blogspot.com. Okay. I think if you just Google Aussie Funk, it'll solve all the problems yeah. that you that you have with looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's it's a great blog, and um, you know the uh, the articles on the blog are fantastic. They really dive deep into the background of the music. Um, and again, listeners know that I, that's the stuff that I like as well. I like talking about the music and putting it into into context and and perspective. It's not just only uh, not only about the music, and it's not only about collecting. It's 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 a historical value that it has as well. Yeah, it's a combination. I mean, there's you know there's lots of scholarly articles that talk about that kind of that that correlation between record digging and and sort of historical preservation. You know, that whole idea of wanting to unearth something and and present it back to people. Yeah. That that might have been forgotten up until that point. Yeah. Now, you spoke early, earlier about the Delvanius and the Fascinations uh, uh, track. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, I believe on your blog you, you call it uh, the best disco single, uh, Aust- Australian disco single. 
I yeah. do. Voodoo Lady is, is I think, the best piece of disco recorder in Australia. Yeah. But I haven't got that for today for you. I've got a different song by Delvanius and the Fascinations. Yeah. Because they did, they did a handful of really cool funk and soul tracks. But um, if you want to find the um, Voodoo Lady song, um, it's been reissued recently, I think, on Rain and Shine. Uh, and it's also, the 7-inch single version is also on the, um, the Out on the Streets compilation that we put out a few years ago through Festival. Yeah. Um, but that's a great song. But we've got um, another cover version um, of, originally of a song by the Staple Singers called Respect Yourself. i 
So that's a classic uh, uh, a cover of a classic track by the Staple Singers, uh, Respect Yourself, uh, which in itself is a, is a beautiful track. Yes, yes it is. And um, so we've been playing music all from uh, from around mid seventies uh, because well that's that's really the the kind of um, the era of course of of hard funk that it was is. around and and even in Australia quite clearly. Um, again, I'm really really impressed by uh, by the quality of the tracks that that we're hearing. Um, this uh, uh, again they hold up with the best uh, of, of of all funk tracks uh, and even reissue uh, things that get reissued again and again and again these things they should be there as well absolutely yeah. absolutely um so it's it's amazing music and we were just talking about uh, uh, the 1980s uh, i suppose it's uh, it's a nice again a nice parallel what happened universally uh, in that uh, you know we still have the development in in from funk to disco and then the 1980s happened and no one really knows what happened music wise <laughs> in the 1980s until the end of the 1980s where where we're starting to see that development in in um, uh, electronic music and again, uh, uh, Australian electronic music uh, holds up with the best uh, as well. Mm. Um, uh, with Liquid Sunshine, we're going to do a, a program later on uh, after this program um, uh, about well modern uh, Australian electronic music and uh, and particularly focusing on edits with the That's Not an Edit compilations that are being released. Um, but it's it's remarkable to see how how Australia does so well, uh, but how little of it is is universally known or globally known. It is changing though. There's there's a, there's a little bit of a tide, and in fact, one song that we might be able to play now um, by Coco York yeah. called "Come On Everybody," which is in fact a 1981 release, was recently put out in a compilation series called. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of the compilation. It's under under something. It's, it's, it'll come to me in a minute. Yeah. But um, like some of these songs are starting to get, get airtime because they get reissued on compilations by respected overseas DJs. Yeah. And that really thrusts them into the, into the limelight. Mm. And it's, it's a good example of the Coco York album, which I think I picked up for you know, 20 or $30 maybe, maybe five or 10 years ago. Uh, now seeing that album sell for like seven or 800 because yeah. it's just so in demand and it's so hard to find. Yeah. Uh, and it's a really good example of sort of funky jazz, jazz dance kind of stuff.
So that was uh, Coco Coco Black. Coco York. Coco York. Coco Black, I believe, is a uh, <laughs> a chocolate shop. Uh, that's that's <laughs> easy to get it mixed up. That's right. <laughs> so she came from overseas as well. Yes, I I think she might have been from Detroit, but she was an American singer, and she came to Australia and recorded this one album in 1981 with uh, a guy, an Australian guy named Serge Emol. And he was really, really well known in Australia at the time for being both sort of an out or free jazz artist and also being this odd and like almost a standover kind of guy personality wise. Yeah. Like uh, there are stories that I can't recall off the top of my head that I've been told of him doing, you know, weird stuff like threatening people. But, and, and at the same time, like he's an out jazz artist. It just seems like a like a strange contradiction or a strange combination. Yeah, two very different lives indeed. Well, on, <laughs> on, the, um, uh, on the record cover indeed, he's got, he looks like a standover man, big handlebar moustache. And, yes, yeah. yes. Although maybe, you know, the, both those jobs require you being up late at night, so the, probably, probably there's some correlation there, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Beating someone down with a trombone without right. paid your money. <laughs> I probably shouldn't better talk too much mo- about him. Better might pay the money still. or I'll play the trombone very loud. <laughs> Um, but that's 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 a great track as well and and a little bit later um at time wise and the other tracks that we've been playing uh you can hear it in the production uh it sounds very different than than the other tracks that we've been playing yes yes i mean the disco the disco sound as well and and the and the production value is is very different as you say man yeah and so the whole album uh of coco york uh it has got that same similar sound similar style of music on there yeah, there's a few other upbeat, dancey tracks. There's yeah. a few jazzier songs on there as well. Yeah. Um, a few songs that let you know that Serge Amol's involved because you wouldn't know if you'd heard his other other, other material that that was him <laughs> involved in that song. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, it's a great overall album, and I mean that's one of the reasons it's it's worth as much money as it is these days because mm. it's so so interesting. Yeah. And has that been reissued? Is that, is that something that you can find again? I, I believe I've heard a whisper that the album is going to be reissued at some point, mm. although I wouldn't um, wouldn't be holding my breath. But the song, the main song that I just played there, Come On Everybody, has been put on a compilation, uh, a compilation of disco and soul music. Yeah, yeah. So um, you DJ out as well regularly, I understand. Um, is this the kind of music that you, that you played in? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll do, particularly in the earlier um, parts of an evening, I might play like a run of Australian soul and funk songs, yeah. some of my favourite ones, which tend to be a bit more down-tempo, but I'll certainly drop Australian disco and soul stuff yeah. uh, in mixes, um, places like the Hive Bar in Erskineville, yeah. which you can catch me <laughs> tomorrow night, although it depends when this when this airs. <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow, interview-wise, yes. <laughs> Um, well, we may uh, uh, we may uh, record some of your set there as well, and we'll play that later on in the Liquid Sunshine uh, show as well, a radio show too. Sounds good. Yeah, um, and um, uh, and otherwise, uh, I mean, it, it, are you uh, are you really focused on funk and disco music in general? Um, no, not not exclusively. Um, I do I do play a lot of that type of music, um, but I do also play a lot of rap and hip hop music and yeah. quite contemporary. Contemporary music of that style. Yeah. In fact, tonight, um, tonight I'll be playing hip hop and nineties R and B at a pub in Newtown. And so I, I, you know, that almost that music almost precedes really my love for soul and funk because I got into that music initially as, as a teenager, mm. and then I kind of went backwards into the you know well, what were the building blocks for these yeah. rap tracks, and that's what took me into the soul mm. and funk territory initially. 
Because that's part of the of the discovery of music and part of the of the crate digging. Crate digging is not just um, you know going to the shop and going through it. It's, it's actually doing the research and trying to find out you know who played on these tracks and uh, what other albums did they play on it. Uh, and that's what you do too, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I collecting wise, I cut my teeth, you know, and looking at my rap albums and looking at the songs and the artists that, that they'd sampled to make those tracks. Mm. So you know, artists like James Brown and Parliament, and you know, George Clinton, yeah, Bootsy Collins, and those guys was was sort of you know the early artists that I started to become familiar with. Yeah, through that ex- exploration, and then from there it just you know just fanned out into everything everything related to those types of sounds. That's right. Yeah. Inevitably, start listening to to the music and and find that appreciation for for the music too. Yes, yes. Yeah. Now you even uh, you even do that when you go overseas as well. Uh, I believe. Uh, did you go to Jakarta recently? Yes. Well, it's not that well, recent no, now. Pre-COVID, recently. Pre-COVID, obviously, but not that long before COVID. Yeah. Um, just before my my 15 month old son was born, um, my partner and I went on a what they call a baby moon, apparently. <laughs> and because my partner is so understanding, she split the holiday between, you know, Bali and relaxing and beaches yep. and a bit of time in Jakarta for me to see what I could dig out of the of the crates in Jakarta. And it was quite a fruitful experience. I found, ended up finding this place called Block M, which was uh, which is sort of an, an under, under, like a basement um, record selling kind of area. And through that, that location, through speaking to some of the record sellers there, I made connections with a another record collector and then I ended up you know driving out one night at like 10:30 to his house in some secluded area of Jakarta mm-hmm. which was a little bit scary at times <laughs> with my with my heavily pregnant partner <laughs> and we you know we went to this guy's house listened to some music and and we and we did some transaction and I came back yeah. with a good um, clutch of really cool Indonesian funk mm. and psych. But the same thing, you, you, you'd done your research before you came out there, so you knew what you were looking uh, at, not just you know looking at, just playing the records and thinking, yeah, this, this is all right. It's um, always both. It's always both. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were records that I set out to find, and there were records that I heard, you know, through people playing them to me and was like, well, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and the reason I say this is, is because, uh, you know, with the focus on Australian funk and disco that you, that you have, um, the, you, are, you are now, you know, known as, as the person who knows everything about it. Um, but when you started, uh, it would have been quite hard to find all the resources. Um, on your blog as well, there, there are posts where, um, you know, you get in contact with the artists yourself to get, get the information behind it and the like. Um, how, how did you find uh, uh, the information about funk and disco, Australian funk and disco? Look, it was it was a couple of key sources. Like the, the, real, the real learning is trial and error and just looking for things and listening to them and going to like, you know, you needed to go to real record shops back in this period yeah. and you needed to look through and pick out things that you'd never seen before yeah. and listen to them. Yeah. And lots of stuff that I've discovered was through that means, through knowing people that worked at record stores, you know, them putting stuff aside, starting to have an idea for what I was looking for. Yeah. But the other big part is fellow collectors that are a bit ahead of you or that, you know, have different things to you and, and learning about what's good, what's interesting, you know, what records they recommend. Sometimes I would just have a title that I knew someone had told me about and I might have that title in my head for years before I'd, by chance, finally come across the record and recognise the title and go, mm. oh, this is it. <laughs> I found it, and you know, yeah. like it's it's just it's, it's discovery, and it's yeah. it, it's it's exciting. It's exciting yeah. to spend that time looking for stuff. You know, part of it is looking for things that you have decided you're going to hunt for, and others is just 
it's just finding something that you had no idea was amazing. Yeah. So um, for listeners who may be interested in, in diving this a little bit further, uh, what, what would be a good point to start, uh, apart from your blog, of course? <laughs> yes, my uh, blog. Yeah. Hashtag self-promotion. No, <laughs> look, the, the Respect Overdue compilations, um, you can still find those on CD pretty cheap online. Yep. Um, they were put out by Creative Vibes in the, in the late 90s and early 2000s, and they really document some of the best of the best uh, material out there. The other, the other thing I'd recommend you listen to, and again, hashtag <laughs> self-promotion, is I've done, I did two DJ mixes of, of, of exclusively Australian soul and funk music. Yeah. And they're pretty good, you know, I have to, I yeah. have to say. I put a bit of effort in, uh, in terms of track selection and hopefully execution, at least for the, yeah. the second one. <laughs> but there's a lot, like, to me, they, they were basically my effort to, to play all the songs that I thought were the best at that particular time yeah. and, and put them together, you know, in a seamless kind of blend. So I think that's a pretty good introduction. Yeah. But there's lots of reissue labels that are putting stuff out now. Roundtable is a great label if you like jazz. A lot of quality jazz is coming out. And I just read today that um, Carter, uh, Carter Street, is it Carter Street by, by Brian Brown is being put out, um, which, is a, which is a fantastic and very rare um, jazz album on the 44 record label. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely worth seeking out and that's going to come out yeah. very shortly. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, uh, for finishing up. Uh, what shall we play as last track? Oh, that's that's um that's difficult. Let's let's go down to Tasmania yep. and play the only Funk Forty Five that I know has come out of Tasmania by the Silver Bump Band, Feeling Funky.
right. Well, that was um, an interview with DJ Kinetic, Mike Egan, uh, who shared his deep knowledge uh, about Australian disco and funk. Mark, thank you so much for coming to the studios, the studios of 2SER and being part of Liquid Sunshine. Thank you, man. A pleasure. Absolute pleasure. It has been a pleasure, uh, uh, most certainly. Uh, and whenever you come to Canberra, um, let me know and we'll record part two of the interview. Sounds good. See you then. See you then. Bye.
twist up, gonna take you to a Hollywood. You wanna be just the way you are, you know I think you really should. I'm your beagle, baby. Take you any place you wanna go. I'm your beagle woman. God in heaven, you know I love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you wanna be a movie star, gonna take you to a Hollywood. You wanna be just the way you are, you know I think you really should. I'm your beagle, baby. Take you any place you wanna go. I'm your beagle woman. But now I'm sure you know I love you. I need you. I love what you got. God in heaven, you know I love you. Because I love you, I need you. I love what you got to have your child. Great God in heaven, you know I love you. Hey, I'm your beagle, baby. Take you any place you want. About uh, 40 minutes left in uh, the program today, where we're looking at uh, Australian funk and disco. The great interview with Mike Egan. You've just been listening to El Stein with Vehicle, and the Johnny Rocco band is going to take it up from here. Going to fill the next 40 minutes with the finest Australian funk and disco. This is Funk Max.
Sunshine on the Face Radio, the soul of Brooklyn. With me, Martin Flott. This show we're bringing you the best Australian funk, old school funk. Who knew Australia could be so funky? Absolutely incredible stuff. Big ups to DJ Kinetic, Mike Egan, for getting us on this track, on the track. Australian Deep Funk. Listening to Funky Fake by Stylus. We had Angie with Dancing with Your DJ before. And the Johnny Rocco band before that. Let's see what we can come up with next. Some more good stuff. Ooh, yeah. More good stuff on the Face Radio.
taught you how to boogaloo And the shaking makes you feel just fine You better get ready Cause we're taking it steady I'm just about to blow your mind It doesn't matter if you're nine or nine The feeling's gonna move your soul The butcher, the baker, the groove, the shaker It's the latest thing for young and old And don't you worry about what people say But 
Passion fruit with that track smiling at another one of those super rare groovy tunes that we've been playing for the last couple of hours. A groovy and rare Australian funk. An absolutely incredible set of tunes there for the last couple of hours. Uh, some of the uh, some of the tracks are super rare, super hard to find, but all of them have been absolutely incredibly good and uh, very uh, varied as well so we had some classic deep funk and and disco but also we dived into jazz funk and uh, you know a really big range maybe even a bit of rock funk as well it, it was just incredible and it all comes out of Australia most of the tracks that you heard were made around um, uh, you know in the 70s some a little bit later, but that was roughly the area, and that's what we talked about with Mike Egan, DJ Kinetic. First part in our triptych of Australian funk programs. Next week, we're coming back to you with 
a quick chat with Hobe Marlow, DJ who, like Mark Egan, also um, broadcasts on 2SER in Sydney, Australia. And uh, Hobe Marlow puts together the series That's Not an Edit with contemporary uh, disco edits made by all Australian producers. And he comes up with a fantastic guest mix as well. So be sure to tune in next week for part two of Australian Funk. We're going to finish this show off with Donovan's Droods Love Potion number nine. If you want to catch up with um, all, the, um, uh, all the tracks that we've played tonight, be sure to check out the archives on thefaceradio.com. Um, all the tracks will be listed there or sign up for the podcast either from The Face uh, and or uh, Liquid Sunshine. They always come with the tracks uh, as well. And if you still can't find it, well, shout out to me on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, or send me an email. LiquidSunshine at thefaceradio.com Absolutely fantastic stuff, this. Until next week. 